Tomorrow morning's Torah reading begins with the words, Vayetze Yaakov mi be'er shava, vayelech harana. And Jacob left be'er shava. And he went on his way to a place called Haran, where his uncle Laban, the brother of his mother Rebecca, lived. This Vayetze, this and he left, becomes the source of quite a bit of Torah amongst the sages over the past two millennia. The name of the parsha, the name of the portion we'll read tomorrow, is named for that most significant first word, Vayetze, and he left. Latzeit means to go, it's an exodus. And he made the great escape from the family system, from the dysfunction, from the murderous brother, from the ugly stories. He was up and gone. But the rabbis are bothered by that word Vayetze, the very word that becomes the name of the parsha itself is problematic for the rabbis. It wouldn't have caught my eye, just to be true. But for the rabbis who look at every word in the Torah and say to themselves with the most amazing holy arrogance and holy chutzpah, God, if I were your editor, I would have left out that word. And then they say, well, it must be that God, there's a reason here for that word. Why do we need to know that he left Be'er Sheva? Just tell us that he's going to Haran. This thorn in the mind of the rabbis produced quite a bit of Torah. What's the significance of letting us know that he left the place? Tell us where he's going, not where he's leaving. The most famous answer brought in the Midrash, in the rabbinic folk, which is quoted by the great medieval exegete Rashi is, it teaches us, of course, that when a tzaddik, a righteous person, leaves a place, the joy of the place, the beauty of the place, the shine of the place, the yofi of the place, the magnificence of the place is gone. Yatsa hadara, yatsa hoda. And then more poignantly, Rashi then says, it also teaches us, of course, that when a tzaddik, a righteous person, leaves the scene or leaves the city, not only have they taken with them all of its beauty, but they've left an impression that can't be easily filled, a space that can't easily be replaced. That we matter, that we take up room while we're alive. That when we leave the scene, it isn't just where we're going, but where we've left, We'll feel the Roshem, the word used by Rashi, Roshem, which means a residue, a film. Something is left behind, and it's an absence. An absence is still there. A palpable presence is still there. But then some of the Mepharshim, some of the commentators ask a question on this beautiful, you thought it was all buttoned up. Okay, now I understand why the Torah used Vayetze and not some other word or just leaving it out. Just tell us, so we know when a righteous person leaves, all of that. It says another commentator, but wait a second. When Jacob left, it wasn't as if all of the righteous people that were living in Beersheba left with him. Who else was left there? His mom, Rebecca, his dad, Isaac, a couple of other people from the righteous person club. So in the, in the beautiful answer to that question, 
It teaches us that, of course, even if you still have righteous people left over, even if there are people whose presence is so powerful that you wouldn't say that there's nothing left, that it's a diminishment, it's something that's powerfully and palpably lacking. If one person fewer, one righteous person, one holy person, one special person, one remarkable person, which we all are, it leaves a roshim, it leaves a palpable residue, a film that can't be offset by any kind of calculation, any kind of bodhisattva accounting. We still have two, they're equal to one. No, no, each person. And then he goes on to say, this particular commentary says, you know what, and let's think, when Jacob left, nobody even knew that he left, except for his parents. It wasn't that the whole town came out to say goodbye to him. And nonetheless, the rabbis say that the lack that Jacob's presence produced, or his absence produced, was felt in a subtle way by everyone who lived there. But then, of course, the upshot of the teaching from the rabbis. Because in our mystical tradition, that same word, roshem, which means residue, that which remains, the leftover, becomes the vessel for the next receptivity, the next moment of light comes from that residue, that film, that leftover. Jacob was like that, right? Jacob himself was just the second of the twins. He himself was the residue that became the vessel. He represented all that was left behind. Everything in Jacob's life was that which was left behind. He goes back over and over again. He doubles back and circles back to all the places. It's like watching someone sew. Jacob goes back and forth. He's one place and then he's another. Everything in Jacob's life is a little bit later than it should be. He builds a life off of what is left over in the space that he has just arrived in. Jacob builds upon residue, upon broken shards, upon leftovers, upon that which is still there, that still inheres in the place. Jacob's life is a testimonial to the remarkable capacity that we have to resurrect from just a little bit, just what is just barely left over a new vessel is born. The final three words of the Torah, le'enei kol Yisrael, before the eyes of Israel, the three words that Moses finishes the whole Torah with, le'enei, to the eyes of the children of Israel, le'enei kol Yisrael, the first letter of each of those words is spelling the word kli, vessel. As the Torah ends, le'enei lamed kol chaf Yisrael yud kli, in the aftermath of the ending, of the leaving, of the absence, there's still a residue and that is palpable and of course on some profound level is mourned, but also becomes the place where growth happens. Couldn't help but think about this Torah this week. I found myself last Sunday walking around having not realized that it was Marathon Sunday and every, I told my class this week that every year on Marathon Sunday, we who were lucky enough to know someone named Robert Gedalia, who lived in my building on 200 West 90th Street for eight years, and he was the mayor of the building. Every building in New York has a mayor. The person in the lobby who has no fourth wall, the person that knows the names of everybody that walks through and says hello, kind of like what I had growing up is like the candy person in our shul. Like the one who's like making connections. 
And Robert had his favorite thing to do, Robert, was, was to go on Marathon Sunday and stand on Fifth Avenue and run out into the middle of the street where all the runners were and just, and just give, them, give them strength. It was his favorite thing to do on, on, in the world. It's what he did in the world. He would do it when he was dancing around here. Those who remember him dancing, he'd be pointing at everybody and saying, good Shabbos, good Shabbos. And all of a sudden on Sunday, I don't know why, I didn't even see a runner and I just thought about Robert. I thought, oh, that's from the Roshan. That's the residue, I remembered him. And I had a, a palpable desire to run to Fifth Avenue and just give people chizuk. Yeah? From the leftover, the memory, from the place that's no longer fully present but is in its absence still vitalizing our lives. Like walking into a shul that we haven't prayed in in 19 months in quite the same way. And over and over again, I talk to worship leaders and prayer leaders and we say like, what's it like? We're like, well, in the beginning it's weird, but then the same thing that was there before is still there. We just start praying in the same groove. We start walking in the same way. It's different, it's different, but it's the same. When the tzaddik leaves, when the righteous person leaves, where the, the presence is absent, we still feel it even if it's not in its fullness. So as we make our turn in our lives, and we continue in profound ways to notice what's not here. On a week when we, we honor the memories of those who gave their lives for this country, those who were lifted up on Veterans Day in memorial of their extreme sacrifice for those of us who enjoy the liberties that they died to defend. On a week where, of course, this weekend, we lift up the memory of what took place in 1938 in Germany, in Kristallnacht, a place that has the Roshem of hundreds and millions of our Jewish brothers and sisters and family members. We recognize the possibility of rising from the residue from being elevated from that film that is left over in history and in our own personal lives and in our communities, the absence itself can become the very engine and the vehicle that we use to rebuild, to build a vessel. Le'ineko Israel for the eyes of all of our brothers and sisters, a vessel that will hold this new paradigm that is being birthed. It's a bracha to be with all of you tonight. It's a blessing to feel in the absence of beloveds like Chaya Bracha, Evelyn Goodman and Robert Gedalia and others. I can see them dancing. And I can feel that call to honor their memory and to trust deeply, to trust deeply that as vessels have been broken before and absence has been met before with presence, we too will continue. We will continue to build a world from the residue that remains. Please rise.